0: and welcome to our podcast for Mental Health Week. My name is Leo Savage. I'm the Global Wellbeing Lead here at Howden. I'm joined today by my colleague, Emma Kappa, who is the UK Wellbeing Lead. The theme this year for Mental Health Week is anxiety. And according to Mental Health UK, anxiety disorders affect over 8 million people in the UK. So just over one in 10 of us. Now we'll be discussing mental health conditions today, specifically anxiety, but by no means is this medical advice. The topic that we're focusing on today is around how businesses can look to support individuals. So if you are experiencing these symptoms, reach out to your HR team or a medical professional. So when we think about anxiety, we think about the typical symptoms that we might be feeling. So mentally, whether you're racing thoughts, uncontrollable thinking, trouble sleeping, and physically you typically get those sweaty palms, headaches, nausea or sickness. We typically tend to think of scenarios that that you're not necessarily in control of and that you don't have too much foresight over so when we look at the workplace we think about some meetings that might be uh, uncomfortable or discussions with managers or some difficult decisions that need to be made and then we can think about muscle tension and chronic pain and and things that physically might become apparent within your body so your stress signals of, of sweating or your nervous system shutting down and not being able to have that cognitive ability in the workplace or even personally And then we look at your respiratory system. So when you're feeling anxious, you typically start to increase that breathing rate and that becomes short, shallow, you get nervous, you're not able to think about what you want to and you're not able to make decisions in the way that you'd want to. So Emma, if I could ask you when it comes to the business format, what can businesses do to support their employees that are typically suffering from anxiety or mental health disorders, and particularly as a line manager or a leader?
1: So first of all, Thank you for having me, Leo. And I, so, um, in terms of what businesses can do, I think one of the most important things that they can do is start with their line managers. So the line managers is likely going to be the first point of call for that individual. So when they're feeling anxious or, or stressed or when they are getting those feelings and they feel like they can't focus on what's going on or they're shaking or they're feeling unwell, then it's normally going to be the line manager that they reach out to. So if they're reaching out to their line manager, that line manager needs to have the tools and the skills to be able to have that conversation with the individual to talk to them about what they need, about how they can help them and to also know where to signpost them to as well. Most businesses have amazing employee benefits that they can direct people into, and it's about the the line manager knowing exactly where to direct that person. So is it that the employee assistance program is the most appropriate first point of call for that individual? Do they have access to perhaps a mental health app? Or do they have something like private medical insurance or even a pathway through their income protection insurer? There's lots of different pathways and lots of different routes open to individuals. And part of the skill for the line manager is working out exactly how to access that support for the individual. So training for those line managers on what they can do, where they can go, and also how to have that conversation. It might sound a bit silly, but not all line managers are great with people. But they will all be great at their jobs. So it's more around giving them the the confidence and the skills to have those conversations with the individuals that are uh, supporting.
0: Definitely, and I think I I'd, I'd agree with everything you've just said. And if I can interject and say, from a from a business perspective, straight to an employee, I think as individuals, you don't know what you don't know, and if you don't understand necessarily the symptoms that you're feeling that I just touched upon and, and it's all a bit alien to you. I think from a business's perspective, they can do a lot of work around the communications, the information that's being provided to all of their employees from an understanding level, whether it's basic level foundational information to List out the symptoms so you can relate to them and understand that you might be feeling a certain condition or even from a webinar perspective or bringing professionals in or, or just providing informational support. I think that goes a huge way to to helping employees understand what they may be going through.
1: It's really about communication, isn't it? About businesses being able to communicate what they've got and how it can help individuals. And then the individual um, benefit providers also being able to communicate to the employees of that company enabling them to understand what they're going through when they might need to tap into certain support certain times and kind of giving them the skills and the empowerment and the confidence to do that
0: i think that's a perfect segue because my (laughs) next question to you is going to be in terms of those services that can be beneficial and and The wide suite of benefits are available to employees that might be suffering from certain conditions or having certain thoughts and not able to handle certain situations. What services can be beneficial from an employee's perspective when it's provided by an employer?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so, so many and lots of different businesses will offer lots of different things. But in terms of kind of the ones that immediately spring to mind to me, so obviously directing individuals back to their GP If they're suffering from very severe symptoms, that's going to be the most appropriate course of action. But other things you could consider is if you've got access to a virtual GP as a business, if they can't get an appointment with their own GP, which isn't always easy at the moment, then that may be a good route for them to go down. You could look at the employee assistance programme like we've touched on already or private medical policy, what's included within both of those. If they need maybe some light touch support, then the employee assistance programme would be a good first point of call. If they need a bit more structured support, then maybe the private medical policy would be able to help them with that. Some of the income protection providers or the critical illness providers include added value benefits within their offerings that can help for mental health conditions not just anxiety but any mental health condition and then all other added value services as well so all of the insurances that that you buy as a business usually come with added value benefits and it's those added value benefits that most of the time aren't communicated particularly well and it's them that can really help individuals and be a real lifeline for them a lot of thought goes into those added value benefits By the insurers that are promoting them. So they will be really helpful for individuals. And a lot of the providers will include mental health apps or counselling services within that, signposting services, potentially access to nurses and additional support. So they can be hugely beneficial for individuals in their time of need.
0: And you've just listed quite a few benefits there, but the benefits that most businesses in, in our experiences they have and they have them to provide their employees. And I think we've had more than a few instances working on clients together where the, the benefits aren't the issue, it's making it known to the mm-hmm. employees what's available. And and typically when you look at the employees and whatever issue they're going through, but this week we're going to focus on mental health, if they're experiencing different things, they're not aware of half of the benefits that, that are available to them and they could be saving a lot of time, a lot of effort and a lot of money if they were going through the pathways that, that are available to them in the workplace. So I think from an employer's perspective, always focusing and doubling down on what do we have available and what, what are we investing in for our people, but also how can we make that known to everyone on a on a consistent basis, not just telling them once a year, but revisiting what a focus might be, which is is I think it's the benefit of weeks like this week. And I know some people have cruxes to these specific wellbeing days and wellbeing weeks, but I think ultimately it brings a, a positive light on on the fact that we can talk about the issues and, and employers can raise what support's available and what might be hampering their employees and then what they can do to, to continue that conversation. So I think in short, these weeks bring a positive conversation around what we can do for the employees. But also from an employer's perspective, we need to look at how we can consistently approach the conversation and, and show our employees what's um, available to, to their support.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a great idea because if you were to have, say, a calendar in place in, in your business, you can tie your promotion around certain benefits around certain days. So for example, this week, Mental Health Week, you could start promoting your benefits that focus specifically on mental health. In a different one of the weeks, you may want to have a slightly different focus, but all of them serve the same purpose of promoting those benefits and giving people access and, and good clear communication to what they've got and how they can get it.
0: So just on that that point of us leaning into giving advice to advice to companies and and us addressing the area of anxiety. If I could ask you for one piece of advice or a question to our listeners that they can take away from this conversation and they can try to implement into their own practices and for their own employees, let me put you on the spot and ask you what that would be right now.
1: Yep, so I would say my number one thing to do after this would be to look at your mental health strategy. Have you got one in place? And if not, look to see what you need to do to implement one. Are you taking a very considered approach with what you're doing in terms of well-being around mental health and looking at what you've got already, looking at what you might need to fill any gaps, etc.? Or are you being a bit more perhaps reactive to certain scenarios and situations? If you're taking more of a proactive approach, then you can kind of focus on the communication, you can focus on the access and making sure that people know exactly where to go in their time of crisis. So I'd really suggest that everyone kind of has a look at what they've got and what they're doing, but also focus on where they're saving and holding those resources and how they're communicating that and what their plan is across the year. Amazing. And what about you?
0: I thought I was gonna get away with that. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm very consistent in, in my thought process on all areas of well-being and and within organisational well-being. But I think when you come to providing support to staff and, and looking to support them in any way that you can, the most important element of that is the communication. So just increasing the volume of information that you're providing people, making sure that they're aware of what's available, but not only the support that's available to them, but making sure that they're able to learn and, and develop their understanding of what they might be experiencing, whether that's f- physical, mental, I and mean, in this case we're going to focus around anxiety, but understanding what anxiety actually is, a definition, and what they might be feeling symptoms and physical, mental symptoms. If they're feeling certain symptoms, what they can do to to counteract them or manage them, and then what they can do to to further understand that if they need further support or help from professionals. That whole support pathway of understanding is incredibly important, and I think if an employer only increases the amount of information made available to an employee's wellbeing, it's only going to help the employee in the long run. Even if it's, if it seems like a, a repetitive message, uh, a repetitive message is one that's going to stick in the mind. And I think, and rather than addressing things once a year and expecting that kind of tick box to be complete, finding some form of calendar, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. or some form of strategy towards your communication around the conditions and the, the strategy around the, the benefits that are available. I think that's incredibly important and that would be my number one takeaway from today's conversation around mental health and, and anxiety. So thanks a lot for listening today. I hope you found that valuable. And thank you, Emma, for joining me today. I know no, you a busy schedule. We have been releasing articles uh, further to support on Mental Health Week this week. So keep an eye out for those and take a look. They are focusing on other areas of mental health. And if you have any other questions around implementing your strategy or communications, or if you just need a conversation about where to start, please don't hesitate to reach out to myself or Emma. We'd be glad to help you.